0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameCube. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, the real Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini.
1: Hi, everybody. Hopefully my mic is better.
0: (laughs) Sounds better. The real Justin Davis. Scoop. And Sam Claiborne. We can see the mic, so it must be better.
1: Exactly. That's key here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a visual aid. And we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk a lot about Ghosts of Tsushima, which uh, three-fourths of us have been playing. We're going to talk about how younger gamers approach 20 questions a little bit differently than we're used to. But first, what? yeah, surprise topic. But first, I have to show off my new Godzilla shirt. I think it's yes, so please. cool. It's uh, the movie poster for Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Okay. Who won? Do You even have to ask. <laughs> and then the bottom half, the bottom half is all tie dye. What's H U L? was...
1: I was wondering what was happening with the sleeve situation. It's a
0: skate brand, uh, so they they have like a a partnership with Toho to do a, a line of uh, God, Godzilla stuff.
2: The bottom mm. half of the whole thing is tie dye, and the yes. sleeves. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were wearing like a tie dye long sleeve shirt under
1: it, but now I see. Did you know that tie dye clothing has become quite the trend in the quarantine? Oh, it has. Kingo's <laughs> yes. wearing a
0: whole tie dye outfit today.
1: Ooh, now I gotta see.
2: I have a Tina. friend who started Instagram just with, you know, tie-dye stuff recently. And I was like, still looks like tie-dye. Tina, it looks like the painting's behind you.
1: It is. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What a nice collaboration we have here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. That's enough
3: nonsense. Let's get down to business. Without elegant people that's to turn into the so video gold. episode, that compelling <laughs> <Yeah>. gold <laughs> nonsense. That's how, uh, that's how Damon transitions every segment in yeah.
2: GameScoop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> segment is closing uh, options.
2: That's uh, enough nonsense. he says that to me just during the day frequently
4: Mm -hmm. that's true
0: yeah because sam is only communicating in um edited video game game over screens now
2: that's Uh, that's, that's (laughs) the real thing i've been doing there's a generator that generates game ending screens but you can put in your own text yeah and uh that is my only form of communication i've settled on
1: Ooh, yeah, Damon, it, I think you need to do transitionary topics on Scoop from now on using those as like nice visual yeah, aids.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's pretty good. We'll see
1: yeah, Or For the answer. hat. We still have the hat as a backup.
0: That's true. Always have the hat. Uh, okay, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I know uh, at least Sam and Tina and I have been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, just the, the review or IGN's review came out this week. Got a nine from uh, Mitchell and everybody seems to be uh, really, really enjoying it. I know I am. Is that also true for uh both of you
1: It is hands down like gotta be the most gorgeous game i've ever played
0: it's very wow. pretty
1: it's very pretty. I mean, there's just, there's fireflies everywhere. Oh they're like little the butterflies flapping around. The attention to detail is amazing. But like, even when you're walking over yellow, pe- like yellow leaves from, mm. from like falling from the trees, you can see they're like sweeping up behind you and they go faster mm. as you run faster. It's just, it really is amazing to look at. Um, Sam and I were talking about this at some point off scoop. Uh, and Sam mentioned, like, it's such a bummer when it's nighttime because you don't mm. get to see mm. all of, uh, all of this like loveliness in all its glory Um, but yeah the the thunderstorms are
2: really cool but a sunny day really really makes things amazing in that game and then there's these moments where you're like i i mean they set when you go into a story they set the time for that and that's i think like a trick they're using because sometimes you're like in the the golden forest area and everything's like autumn looking because you know it's like all seasons at once in that game somehow and uh, and uh, you, the sun is like as big as the screen, just gold and everything is silhouetted in it. It's just like it's unbelievable, but it's still an open world game. And that'll just happen naturally while you're moving around. But yeah, it's like the thing with that Breath of the Wild did, which I thought was really cool, which it does well, is the wind. Like, like yep. when you're in these grassy plains, the wind looks amazing sweeping through them and, and there's giant fields of flowers. And you keep on thinking like, oh, that's probably going to be the most beautiful place in the game. And then they one up it with like another field of flowers that has some like cool rocks in it or something. Or they have like a swarm of like starlings that is the most realistic depiction of a, a swarm mm-hmm. of birds I've ever seen in my, in games in any way, it just looks incredible.
1: You know yeah. what's cool? All three of those elements that you mentioned are also gameplay elements the birds the flowers and the wind
0: the wind yeah i actually really like that they use the wind uh to tell you where to go yeah it's a really cool mechanic
1: yeah it's really windy in my tsushima though because i'm just constantly like wait what direction wait am i going the right way wait how's it going
2: (laughs) yeah my hair's a total mess in the game (laughs) (laughs) it's just miserable it should be a nice summer fall maybe autumn or spring day but it's just a little bit chilly because of that wind exactly uh yeah, I'm playing it coming immediately coming
0: off of uh Last of Us Part 2. So it's a little bit interesting uh comp- you know playing those games one after the other cuz Last of Us Part 2 was really like uh shooting for the stars and trying to do so- get, do something different, give you uh an original experience, play with the way uh narratives work in games, play with your expectations, trying to do all this new stuff whereas Ghost of Tsushima I feel like it's just a very traditional open world action game, which isn't a knock against it at all. I just feel like it's like the AAA open world action game refined to perfection.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's honestly the breath of fresh air that I was hoping for yeah. following the last of us. Exactly. That kind of air. Thank you. Breath of fresh wind, <laughs> breath of fresh wind. Um, because I mean, aside from all the stuff about like the last of us being this really like dark and brutal world that depicts humanity in such a like depressing perspective. Yeah. Um, ghost of Tsushima is pretty much the opposite of that in a lot of ways. Um, But I like like I'm going really slowly through the main story beats, actually, because I love the side quests and the side oh, yeah. quests all give you something different. Um, level you up in different ways or you can get legendary armor and weapons uh with some of the spe- uh, specific side quests um so I, I just love like being in the world and spending as much time as possible searching everywhere and like looking for all the little elements of the story that are living in these tiny pockets as opposed to the last of us which is just this like grand big cinematic experience also though um you use triangle really dominantly in The Last of Us for yeah. like access points, um, like opening doors or whatever. And then in uh, Ghost of I Tsushima, <laughs> you have to use R2. So I have definitely accidentally hacked the hell out of my poor horse trying yeah. to mount it.
2: <laughs> which which horse did you pick? Or jumped off the horse?
1: I picked yeah. Um, I picked the white horse uh, and I named him Nobu for trust.
2: There
0: so there are like, like three cho- three horses that you get to choose from.
2: I have uh, a black horse named. That's exactly
0: what I have. Nice.
2: <laughs> How cute! Um, I, I, you know, aside from the beauty of the game, I, I think there's a little bit of like what Damon was saying, like what what's an open world RPG that it's going for. Like it is trying to. It's more like Assassin's Creed than anything else, but I I personally like it better than Assassin's Creed. I think it's mm-hmm. like a, uh, a because I like the sword combat. Where I'm at now, it's been frustrating for a very long time. But now I have like these multiple stances I'm switching through, and it's really fun. I found the way that I like to play, which is rolling a lot and dodging mm-hmm. instead of parrying which i would just suck at i'm just so bad at that and yeah. i'm bad at that in fighting games too i always knew like i'd play friends and once they got good at blocking and like street fighter 2 i'd be like well i can't play anymore i just don't like i'm blocking. out i just don't like it it's not my thing and so I'm, i've never been good at it so there's that and but like i'm in a, a, a place now where all i do is just do like exploration and i'm just uncovering the whole map and that's like that's all i want to do i want to see the crazy like fantasy envi- environments that they built uh that are just artistic and cool. Uh, I get a little bit annoyed with the side quests; are a little boring, and then the main quests are just like they're fine. And I just really like the world. That's that's enough for me for yeah. this game. I'd recommend it just based on that alone.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm super enjoying it. Actually, I actually have a couple of questions about the game that maybe you two can help. Uh, okay. How often should I be changing my stance?
2: Yeah, so you're gonna get four stances. Right now I have gonna... two yeah and so the one you just got is super helpful because it blocks uh or it gets you to counter uh shield guys right yeah and you get a spear spear counter and then you get a big guy counter like the okay. the heavies. And so like you just you're just doing it all the time because you're in a crowd and you're just like, OK, take care of the shield guys. The, the other guys prepping an attack, switch to your spear, hack them. But before you do any upgrading and all that, and I would do a bunch of side questing and just mm-hmm. upgrade your katana a lot. Like okay. if it's really strong, then you have then those make more sense because you have time to kill the enemy instead of like doing a little damage and then having to switch over again while the enemy recovers because somebody stabs you from, from the side. Hmm. OK, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm a little biased because I like the um, water stance quite a bit because I feel like so the water stance is for shielded enemies. You're right. And then the wind stance is for um, enemies with uh, spears. spears. But mm-hmm. I find that the water stance works perfectly well against them, too. And I noticed I prefer, that, too. I like really prefer my system where I hold triangle to do my heavy. Um, and then I do the, what is it, the, the triangle and circle one that I forget what it's Yeah, called, the, there's like
2: especially. a special attack that uses a, a, a thing that just kind of breaks their their defense. You'll get exactly. it in a little
1: bit. Yeah, and yeah. that goes with for the spear breakers, too. So I find it pretty oh, effective, and I've mm-hmm. been pretty dominant with just the, the water stance.
2: With the spear stance, you can unlock the best thing, uh, which is kicking people, which <laughs> means you can lead people to the top of clicks and kick them off, which is, of course, the best Assassin's Creed yeah. move. It's just it's so sure. funny to do that.
0: Ah, uh, my other question is, is there any way to recover from bleeding out?
1: You yeah, you one? have to upgrade for that one.
0: okay, but honestly, okay. I
1: spent so much of my um skill upgrades on resolve and health um, and then separately on armor too, that like i I decided it would be a waste of a skill point. I'll save it for last, mm-hmm. especially when gotcha. they force you to put skill points in those damn ghost weapons. I only want two out of the four. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, Justin uh, is uh, Tsushima on your two playlist.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be clear that like I'm only not speaking up because I didn't get one of the staff copies. I'm gonna be buying it and playing it along with the public. I, you know, love Assassin's Creed games and I really like the feedback that this is in some ways more Assassin's Creedy than, you know, even Odyssey was, although I do love Odyssey for what it is too. Mm -hmm. So um have it preloaded. Really, really excited to play. Um, but just haven't had a chance to dive into it yet. Yeah. It is really it's on
1: your
2: Sue playlist. Oh Uh, my
3: gosh. (laughs) Um (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right Justin are you looking for mostly going stealth or are you going full samurai uh, I'll be
3: perch? I'll be a
0: stealth boy for sure yeah I feel, like, I feel like there's less of an emphasis on stealth than we were led to believe I don't know you yeah. would agree
1: yeah so that's why I was asking because actually even aside from the emphasis well first off they kind of actively discourage you from it just kind of culturally speaking based on the fact that you're a samurai and like all of your no, learning
0: dishonorable
1: Exactly. So I do wonder if someone can play without, because so far nothing has necessitated, no, there's one mission so far that uh, necessitated stealth, actually, Mm. but you don't have to, like, kill anybody in it. You just have to get to a thing without raising Mm -hmm. an alarm. So I wonder if you play, if you never stealth assassin somebody, Mm -hmm. if, like, because there are narrative moments where you reflect and you're really like ashamed about it. Um, so I wonder if you never do that, if you never get those reflective moments, because mm-hmm. the game is kind of like, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. But also yeah. it's just kind of finicky. The, the
2: There's whole systems. like, like quest systems later where you get other weapons, like, you know, that have like poison type things involved with them. And that's like even more dishonorable. <laughs> yeah. And so like, it, it's, it is funny. There, there are like story beats that are part of it, but like, I would like to, you know what's the what's the full honor playthrough? I think that's like a really fun way to play that game if you wanted to play it that way. But it means you like have to like have a standoff. Like you, you go to the front gate of somewhere and then you mm-hmm. use this standoff chain thing where you can kill a bunch of the enemies right up front, but you're still gonna have a long fight. Yeah. So I'm gonna like
3: I'm excited to play it, and I you know I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna probably start not tonight, I guess. Wow, I didn't yeah, quite like, like the week's <laughs> gotten away from me, but um, it's uh this might be the last big game i play on the old consoles and like Mm -hmm. the temptation to just wait like even if like next gen upgrade like i'm not expecting some like 4k version of ghosts but like Mm -hmm. the temptation to wait till ps5 is like getting stronger every day so it's like i don't know it's july like this might be the last big one for me
0: yeah it actually um it's the rare game that makes good use of the dualshock 4's touchpad
4: because mm. yeah. they
0: use that for the wind. You swipe up to make the wind blow and show you where you're going. But there's also uh, different things happen if you swipe left or right. Not, I, you play yeah, the flute you, if you
2: swipe left. That's right.
1: You bow if you swipe down. <laughs> Those yeah. sound made up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yep. So ever since Pear told us that if you bow yeah. at things like strange things happen, I've been bowing at so many things. Me nothing too. happened yet. He yeah, was like, did "Come out of this one statue." So I've been expecting like a grand reveal, but nothing yeah. so far.
2: The only one that I found is the frog one after he told me about it. And it was ah. crazy. There was like a stone frog and you go up and you do that. And then like, it just goes ribbit. And like all these frogs just appear out of nowhere. So it's th- that's kind of cool. There's kind of fantasy elements because like the world is like fantastical, but also like grounded yeah. in nature, but like, you know, it's fantastic. It's more beautiful than any nature, you know? And so like, yeah, there's things like that, which have like just edging on, you know, uh, like there's usually, it's funny because the character, Is all about like an explanation for everything. So, like, usually the character is like, there's no ghost in the forest. Let me go check it out. Like, that's the plot of like so many parts of that game. But then sometimes like frogs hop out of like, you know, the ether and tackle you. And so I don't (laughs) know what his explanation for that
1: is. (laughs) Not to make this podcast entirely about Ghost of Tsushima, but one other thought that I had was um, it's such a nice reprieve. Like, we talked about The Last of Us as kind of like, I think maybe the first big game since we went into quarantine.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, and so I was like, oh, like a weirdly timed game to be playing in this kind of environment. But Ghost of Tsushima is so vastly different. Like, obviously, there are some dark themes. There are some dark characters um, and some struggles that you have. But given how gorgeous it is and how like powerful you feel, it's the perfect kind of game right now. It's, it feels great to like end the workday and just roll right into playing that game.
2: Yeah, And I know sure. we don't want to talk about uh, single games all day, but if you want to hear Tina talk about a game for an hour and a half, her and Michael Swain did a podcast about <laughs> Last of Us. It's really good.
1: Yeah, it was you fun. Check out.
2: It's called we One talk- Upsmanship, and it was, I think, from last week, and it was a great I listen. Thanks,
1: Sam.
0: Yeah, cool. <laughs> Justin, what have you been playing while you wait for a ghost?
3: It's I, Some weird stuff. Um, no, my daughter is six. Weird stuff. And, um, yeah. Well, I never. I feel like I'm. I always have like weird answers when yes. we when we go over what we're playing. I play all the normal AAA games, but like it's always off cycle. Um, Someone
1: needs to represent.
3: I. Uh, well, we. My daughter's six, and um, y- you know, for as much as video games are a part of my life, they're actually not a huge part of her life because we don't do a lot of screen time. And even when we did try to play video games, um, she couldn't quite handle the controls or like understanding where to go or what to do or just you know wasn't really quite old enough yet. And I'm not trying to push it on her, but Something has clicked, and she got really, really into Mario Odyssey. And so cool. her and I played through... We played through the whole game. She, she beat it um, last week. Uh, so the, the first video game she beat, and I took a cute video, and the credits were rolling. Um,
2: Did it's awesome. you use the assist mode? Is that, like, the key to this? Yeah,
3: the assist mode is great. Even with assist mode, so Mario Odyssey is incredible. It's a 10 out of 10 game, but it's actually mm-hmm. not very six-year-old friendly. Like, there's a lot of reading and like hat like that that game's kind of a puzzle game like Mm -hmm. you have to figure out like the little trick i was trying to explain to her i'm like explore suspicious areas and if you see something that's (laughs) suspicious like try to throw your hat at it or like you know stop mario but like it's not like a running left or right game and so once she got over that hump she had a lot of fun
2: do you just like over your shoulder be like did you throw your hat at it and she's like oh (laughs) oh, yeah, okay i'll try that
3: and then by the end, when I say she beat it, like, I did, I think I did the entire, and um, it's too, you know, it's too intense and too much. But, like, her and I went through it together, and it was very wholesome and cute.
2: Yeah, um, the ending segment is where Bowser's, like, running after you and breaking a bunch of stuff. Yeah,
3: that and then Bowser, the Bowser fight, and even before that, you go through Bowser's Kingdom. Um, and then playing through it with her, that made me want to replay it, because that game has um, 880 Power Moons in it and like i got you know i got however many, crazy yeah.
2: that it's not an even number i hate that yeah
3: <laughs> i think i collected like 600 when the game came out and so i started it over and i'm 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 gonna try to 100 percent it i think i'm at i think i'm at 800 moons now um wow. so i'm getting there uh that's what i've been playing in my off hours so i played through it twice with her and by myself wow um and she like Not to get, like, too personal, but I think, like, a lot of kids, she sort of gets in this mood of, like, I can't do it. Like, she's learning to read and learning to write, and she's like, this is hard for me. I don't know what to do. I can't do it, and gets frustrated. And Mario has actually been really good. It's helping build up her confidence. I'm like, you know, this is hard. And, like, the bosses are intimidating, even if mechanically they're not that hard. Like, they're shouting at you, and it's spooky and scary. And, like, her building up her confidence of, like, I can do this, and I can win. And it's been really interesting to see that sort of transfer over into, like, I feel like she has more confidence in other parts of her life now that she's like able to overcome these tricky challenges in a video game. So hmm. it's, it's been really cool. What now she wants to know what's... Uh, yeah, it's exactly... I'm not exactly sure. We have overcooked. So I was thinking about trying that.
2: Yeah. If you want to just kind of take down the bonding level you've had in a few matches... <laughs> you're not chopping up that <laughs> lettuce fast enough um
3: no i'm actually i you're, the what's next question is i, I i'm not sure because she's asking me that too like what what should we play next i'm like mm, i don't know i need to think about it what um, about mario world uh, mm. well we have um new super mario brothers on the switch too so yeah. you know we might show her a 2d mario next um mm. i don't know what she would think about mario world maybe i'll try that
1: I was gonna say Mario Party should be on the list, maybe an eventual one. That's good. When they're both old enough and then then there's real family breaking. Yeah, (laughs) she plays
3: she she also plays a lot of Ring Fit and she's the farthest everyone in my house plays Ring Fit and she's the farthest one along. And her favorite thing to do is to like Mosey in and be like, Oh yeah, I already did that. I'm already like two lands ahead of you, Dad. I'm like, okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
3: Um so yeah, that's that's mainly what I've been playing. I also played through Baldur's Gate, the original. Yeah. Wow. I saw the three, the Baldur's Gate three preview, and that maybe. What really do you mean you played through it? You you did start to finish? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow.
3: Going um,
1: for three.
3: Yeah. Uh, just real quick, what I like about that game is how weird it is. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of wandering around in the woods. Um, you don't get to the city of Baldur's Gate till the end of the game. Like it's really you just you just wander around and like you just meet people and like sometimes you meet like a stargazer and he's like, Oh, I'm looking at the stars, to, like predict the future. And you're like, Oh, can you tell me my future? And he's like, no, fuck off. And then that's it. <laughs> like you don't ever talk to him again the rest of the game. And like, it's really unpredictable. Like what's going to turn into a quest and what's going to turn into like fun dialogue and what's just like a random one-off thing. Like it keeps you on your toes more than I think modern RPGs do, which I think are a little bit more formulaic in a lot of ways.
0: So Baldur's Gate 3 is being made by Larian, which is mm-hmm. the
3: Divinity Original Sin folks. Who made yeah. the first one? Uh, the Black Isle team. Or not Black Isle. What do you call it? The uh, The team that made all those Infinity Engine games. Um, let's I'm not look sure. It up. Is it, I, called- I, I, I thought it was somebody like Obsidian or... Uh, bioware or something like that it was bioware my bad and black isle was the company that was making um what fallout at the time now i'm getting these computer RPG companies mixed up (laughs) yeah Mm. it happens
0: um i've also been playing bloodstained curse of the moon 2 which is great so have i (laughs) what's
2: that uh, this just in. So
0: have I. Oh, well, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's awesome. I've got all four characters now. I think it's such a cool mechanic to be able to switch between characters on the fly, use characters to get to different areas. But then, you know, uh, once their health is up, you lose a life and you only have the other three left. I think that's all really cool. And, and Sam, just, I don't know, but go ahead. I don't know about you, but I think it's one. of the, It's cool that one of the characters uh, uses a pistol with infinite ammo. Mm hmm.
2: It's really amazing. There's like a snipe. It's like, it's, you know, for people who who don't know this game, it's a, it's, it's made by Igarashi who made Symphony of the Night, but this is like an 8-bit Castlevania, which he didn't work on. So he's making these 8-bit Castlevania games. They look so cool. They look like Shovel Knight. They have, you know, too many colors to actually be 8-bit and et cetera, et cetera. But they're so, so pixel art uh, enhanced. It's really, really cool. And, uh, and as Damon was saying, you can switch between four characters. One of them is a Corgi. Yep. And the corgis in a mech suit just unlocked yeah. that character. It's really funny. Uh, but yeah, there's like this, this one like sniper character where it's like, if you can k- picture any level in Castlevania with like the annoying skeleton going back and forth and then throwing a bone like that, those enemies, every enemy in Castlevania is in this game. They're just skinned differently. And so yeah. those are in there. And like, imagine being able to just be like, it's like Indiana Jones in it, like pulling out a gun and just <laughs> yeah. like shooting. it. Like you're not, you know, you have your whip and you're like, how am I going to deal with this guy? And you're just like, bam, it's the best thing. Um, but uh, it is really funny how much Castlevania is in this. Like, I just got to a part where the stupid swans with the flea men from Castlevania yeah. 1 are. In uh, yeah. this game, it's just like, whatever. It's like a, you know, a griffin with like a sea hag <laughs> or something. And they just change it. It's like a complete copy. It's so funny.
0: Yeah, it's but, good. Um, it actually wasn't Igarashi, uh, his team, that that makes the uh, Curse okay. of the Moon uh, spinoffs. They hire any creates, uh, which right. is a uh, Japanese, like basically a retro game uh, farmhouse uh, Mm -hmm. formed by former Capcom employees in 1996. We actually, the reason I bring this this all up is because we got an email about Curse of the Moon 2 this week from Mike in Toronto. He says, Bloodstained Circle of the Moon 2 recently came out. It is excellent. Surely a (laughs) gaming game, if there ever was one, perhaps a Clavy or even a justy game as well. (laughs) Playing through this game made me realize that the developer, any creates, can do no wrong for me. From the 8-bit Mega Man revivals a decade ago to Blaster Master Zero, the Bloodstained games, and more, I find myself thoroughly satisfied with their output. I'd be interested to know what developers you guys have complete faith in. What mm. studio's ability and output means a guaranteed buy from you?
3: And I yeah, didn't any, realize they did a Blaster Master.
0: They did Blaster Master Zero, one and 2. What a record. Yeah. They, they did Mega Man Zero One 1 through 4. They did Mega Man 9 and 10. Wow. Yeah, they're just like an awesome developer. Uh, but yeah, are there any developers like you guys just you hear they're making a new game? You just, you're already on board.
2: There used to be, but they're gone now. <laughs> like I used to be really excited about retro, but the, the people that made the games I liked at retro are not at retro anymore. That's the problem with, yeah. a, with a, a name or a brand without its creatives. Like so many people come together to make games that I kind of have to follow the people. And yeah. I think that's the right thing to do. But sometimes that there's that magic team which makes a bunch of things together and then they split up and they go make other amazing things. Yeah, I used to feel that's that way fine.
1: about rare. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. And now they're um, everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's such an obvious answer, but like,
3: I did, I missed it.
1: It was a like, rhymy joke.
3: Nintendo EAD, right? Like the worst Mario and Zelda game are still so much better than you know almost anything else that's mm-hmm. ever been made, and like, and they've really figured out like the thing that I love most about modern day Nintendo is like how they pay homage to the old while still like pressing forward and presenting a new vision for like what Mario or Zelda could be, or should be like they strike the perfect balance between being contemporary and nostalgic. And um, I just have total faith in like, you know, like they're never going to make a bad game. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, or at least not in the foreseeable future, as long as the current crew is together.
2: I was going to say that, but then I thought about like, what if they made Wii music? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> what if?
3: I don't know.
0: I don't know. Also, look that. Up. Yeah, they're I, so consistent. I was just going to say and maybe Sam would agree with me is Digital Eclipse.
2: I was just going to bring that up. That's really funny. So Digital Eclipse we like because they have this really high standard for reissuing games. So that's who did the Aladdin and Lion King package and uh d- they they just like in the uh, the Disney Afternoon collection which I loved, Mega uh, Man but- Legacy Collection. Yeah. And the Mega Man Legacy collection is just like, that's really cool, right? Because they found their niche and they're so good at that. And I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good point that um, it's often the like lead creatives that you follow rather than necessarily a company. And then there are the obvious answers where there is like you you know whoever the lead creative is on a project at a company like Naughty Dog or um, Rockstar, like the no brainer ones where you know that it's just a whole host of lots of really good talent to where you're going to get such specific level of detail out of literally everybody who's working on every angle of a game. Um, But I guess my unique one might be Remedy. I've just sort of like always Mm -hmm. loved the wacky brain direction of those games and like how like how drastically fantastical they can be and also with a lot of darkness without coming across too heavy-handed at all times with that darkness
2: no that's really good that's a really good choice
0: i like that Hmm. remedy is control yeah and uh alan wake Wake. yeah quantum break Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Yeah, there's always outliers as your list yeah. uh, kind of indicates but yeah i think that for the most part there's like I, a specific I, direction of the way they think about games that is really yeah, unique to me I, think,
0: I don't think quantum break was a bad game by any means
1: it was an interesting experiment yeah
0: interesting experiment is <laughs> a good way to describe it <laughs> i used to feel that way about bioware i guess there's a lot me like too. sam said yeah. there's a lot yeah.
1: like
0: sam said that I, I that i used to always think of as a guaranteed
3: day one buy for me but yeah for me
1: when they existed
3: that would have been like Blizzard. Or like you know, I still think some of the criticism of Blizzard is a little overblown. Like if you look at their output, like it's incredible. But they're not a they're not a home run anymore. We're like it used to be like whatever they do, I'm there day one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move
0: on. Uh after many, many leaks, Far Cry Six was officially uh revealed by Ubisoft over the weekend. Um Th- they chose to sort of reveal that game with the reveal of the villain because they have an amazing actor playing the villain, Giancarlo Esposito from uh Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, The Mandalorian, so much else. What was uh everyone's like first impression about Far Cry Six? I'm a huge Far Cry fan, as everybody knows. I reviewed Five and New Dawn for IGM. Uh I it's funny, you talk about uh uh developers that are like uh you're you're guaranteed day one by uh there are also certain game series that people think about that way too. And uh just hearing that there's another Far Cry on the way, even though we don't know anything about it, I know that I'm already on board.
1: That that first trailer, despite all the leaks that kind of took a lot of its momentum out, like, I feel like they were hoping that Giancarlo Esposito reveal was going to be really big one, especially because his face doesn't really clearly Mm -hmm. show up, even though you can tell from his voice, his face doesn't clearly show up until the end. And they had to like, to take that clip and put it on Twitter when it was revealed that he was going to be in the game. Um, but (laughs) I really liked Damon, your, uh, interview with him. Um, it was, uh, really like a good insight into the character and the villain, which like Damon, you noted that far cry has always kind of been about its front stage villains. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Giancarlo Esposito said something really nice about like he initially like kind of, uh, cringes at playing villains, like he doesn't want to be this kind of like vilified uh, typecast actor, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he said that it was more about creating a human being rather than necessarily like a cartoonish kind of villain. And I think that's really cool about the Far Cry series is that there's so much depth to those characters um, that there's something either at least charming about them, if not in John Carlos Esposito's uh, uh, on, for his character's perspective, maybe even something redeeming because it seems like they're mm-hmm. setting it up in that way where like there's yeah. a lot of uh, different avenues to his his uh, villainy that's not really expressed as this, like black and white kind of hero um, versus villain structure. Mm-hmm. So that was really enticing.
2: I have this thing that I'm starting to develop a theory about Ubisoft and how it do games that I just don't like. And I, I don't like how they do a big story thing. And then they show uh, a little bit of gameplay. player. Uh, um, and believe me, I'll, I'll expand on this uh, with, with uh, and then they, they just never show the thing I want to see, which is like kind of like just somebody like going through what the game is like uh, outside of the things that they think will impress us. Like, Cause I'm impressed actually by the open worlds. And like, I hmm. want to see like what setting is this in and stuff like that. And I want to see like, where is this far? Like, where is this far cry set is the most interesting question to me. And people are saying like, Oh, it's like kind of a Cuba like thing. Well, like hmm. show me what that looks like. Like, I really want to see what that looks like. And uh, they did the same thing just now with Assassin's Creed and it pissed a bunch of people off. They're like, okay, big, big gameplay reveal. Now this is just a, this is just a cinematic big gameplay reveal no they're just showing a kind of like uh you know 10 nice screenshots rotating <laughs> like, like like why are we doing like this like show me show me that vertical slice even if that's you know a bull shot of some level but uh I really i mean obviously the the acting and and how this this unfurled was like actually really entertaining I watched I was kind of riveted while I was watching it but I have no idea if I'm gonna want to play this game or not Sure. there's, uh, yeah. there's not
3: that many open-world FPS games. And so Far Cry occupies sort of a specific Mm -hmm. niche for me that I always, you know, they come out infrequently enough that, like, I'm on board. I'm like you, Damon. They're just sort of, like, auto-purchases. Like, don't even really need to think about it. Although I was a little bummed out by 5, so (laughs) maybe (laughs) I do need to think about it somewhat. But, like, that loop that you've talked about many times of just, like, I'm going to scout out an outpost outpost, and to mark everybody and then maybe release a bear maybe i'll get a rocket launcher maybe (laughs) i'll strap some c4 onto a jeep like that freedom that they give you um it's one of those formulas that like feels very very obvious but like actually isn't replicated that well or that successfully by games that aren't far cry they continue to kind of do it best of breed so Mm -hmm. yeah like that's that's really just clearing out outposts that's all i care about
0: yep i've I've always said
1: Go ahead, Damon. Sorry.
0: I was just going to say, I've always said they should just make Far Cry outposts and play the heck out of that game.
1: Yeah, like it's it's pretty true that Far Cry is established enough that you can sort of know what to expect. Um, And then, Sam, (coughs) I was thinking about uh, what you were just saying. There's this different level of marketing these days. And I was thinking about Giancarlo Esposito and then I was thinking about Keanu Reeves and then Norman Reedus, um, just about some of the higher profile Celebrities that have been appearing in games these days, and mm-hmm. I think like the association with this like cinematic experience or whatever else has become such a high priority. And it used to be like, oh, this is a somewhat well known name who happens to be doing a you know VO for this game, and now it's here's a huge name and they're a primary character uh, in this game. So it's supposed to be kind of competitive against the rest of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about how prominent that's become. So I guess like that first big beat has to be what's the big powerful splashy thing especially for AAA studios, like what's the big splashy thing that you're going to have to offer? How much money did you put into this game that I can <laughs> directly see um, so that I know what I'm paying for is a value as well. Um, so it's a little bit about that uh, and a little bit about like Far Cry being a bit of a known quantity. Uh, and then the other thing was uh, we did a breakout interview with the narrative director on the game and it gave a little bit of a tease of something that might be unique to gameplay for Far Cry 6, uh, which was the team had apparently gone to Cuba for like a month, which Side note, is like a really cool thing for game developers to be able to do. Like they just go and embed and learn about history and about different cultures and stuff to be able to put that into their games. Um, So super cool that they got to do that. But. They went there and they saw that like people were doing a lot of like DIY makeshift things. And so there's a screenshot where there's clearly like a laser pointer just kind of attached to a gun uh, to create like a sniper level experience, I suppose. Uh, So it seems like like, yeah, Yeah. so it seems like there's going to be this kind of maybe crafting ability where you go and just pick up items from around the world and they're able Mm -hmm. to combine it in a variety of ways to, you know, elevate your, your weaponry. You that know, makes yeah.
2: sense. That that aligns with some of the other things they've shown that are like the kind of the Cuba flags, which are like, uh, you know, really old uh, cars that are kept running in contemporary settings like that's like a very you know like that's like a very uh, classic way to indicate Cuba because i, I mean that's true it's like a, a lot of the tech there is you know keeping up in some ways but also just like recycling the old tech in a lot of other ways there's a lot of countries like that vietnam's like that too it's really really cool like so i think that that could be like all part of the aesthetic of the game Um, that's why
1: they show the vintage cars too and it's like basically i think the first shot looks like a vintage car on fire and then yeah yeah exactly like that's the only
2: cars in cuba like they they just only have cars from that era and they're kept running now it's amazing um if you uh i was wondering like if the where did the the team that made ghost of tsushima get to go to kind of think about (laughs) japan how beautiful it was because i actually don't know much about the island of tsushima and Like I was wondering if there's ever tourism again. Like, is that going to be like a place that's like interesting to go and people might become interested in? It might be disappointed. Level of, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I was going to say you're probably thinking about the level of hot springs that exist in yeah. in Tsushima in the game. That's <laughs> all I'm thinking about. <laughs> there's one town that's literally just saying? a hot spring town. It's yeah, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> And again, in quarantine, I'm like, ah, to live here or just yeah. to exist here, even but for a moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was actually like relaxing and soothing to like just see these beautiful environments, including hot springs. So it was really, really great.
0: Love it. When, when Jin gets in a hot spring, he does not go in but first. He doesn't.
1: <laughs> he goes <laughs> in but shown. but on display there's one scene where i walked into a hot spring and there's just like an older you know woman uh kind of kneeling by it like sort of meditating or whatever else and he just fully strips down walks in and he just starts reflecting on life it's really nice
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's like don't mind me
1: hands like
2: okay <laughs> and when he comes out they're, they're, every hot spring has a like a maple tree and they talk about it at some point i don't know why it's always a maple tree uh, it must have some significance but uh the maple tree like fig leaves his naughty bits right as he comes out each time <laughs> right. it's
4: very fun
0: <laughs> it's very witcher 3
2: mm-hmm. um we've learned a couple more details about far cry 6
0: since the ubisoft 4 presentation uh which are th- for the first time since far cry 3 your character is completely voiced there's a voice actor is playing your character. Uh, and then also in cutscenes you're going to see your character. even though it's a first person game, you usually never see yourself in all cutscenes you'll see you'll it'll switch to a third person perspective. so mm-hmm. hopefully there's some cool customization stuff happening. yeah, you
2: know, that there. was the earliest promise of uh we were doing some research in cyberpunk and I was looking at like yeah. really early articles and um <laughs> it was like one of the big things is that people were upset that you couldn't see your character in that game so like no no you're going to be able to see your character in yeah. third person during cutscenes. And then they just took that out. It's like a weird progression to be like, you guys will be fine in first person.
1: Well, that was like, an original complaint around cyberpunk, too, when it was first shown off yeah. at like an E3 or something many years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cyberpunk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. did I say okay. something else? No, I probably just glossed over that part. <laughs> yeah, she's just tuning you out like you said. Yeah, I was like, uh.
3: That's a total, I mean, having a voiced and real invisible protagonist is like such an underrated part of 3 and like such a critical detail that was missing mm-hmm. from 4 and 5, in my opinion. Like, the character you play as in 3, like, kind of sucks. Like, he's kind of an asshole. Like, he's a little bit like holding caulfield desk, where it's like, you're playing as this person that's hard for you to root for, and like, contrasting that against Voss, like, I don't know. That just allows them to do interesting narrative things that, uh, you know, I hope that that's kind of what they're going to be exploring in six. Yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to it. It's out uh, next year, early next year, February 18th, I believe. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Jim Carlson from Cleveland did. He says, I've been stuck in a rut for a while where nothing I play is really scratching my gaming itch. Worse yet, I don't know what that itch is. That got me thinking about TV streaming services uh, in the suggestions they make, maybe something algorithm-based that looks at your library or even checks your achievements to help work through your backlog. I think Steam may already have something like this, but do you think something like this would be feasible for the next-gen consoles? Mm. It's an interesting so idea. Okay, like, uh, first
2: of all, okay. First of all, I think those, those recommendations are, are bad. Like, I don't yes. think they're, they're good enough. I know people like them and they work for other people, but I'm always like I, I'm always surprised surprised at how silly they are. I do like the combinations of words where it's like, you know, uh, <laughs> hilarious sci-fi horror antics or something like that. Those, those are yeah. cute, but like I'm not going to choose what I watch based on that. I choose what I watch based on critics and, and, and yeah. reading, and that's why I have this job and that's why I work here. I, I don't like the idea of the company trying to sell me the thing, choosing the things that I might like. I just think that's wrong. I, uh-huh. don't, I don't trust it.
1: Like There's... algorithms for Netflix, though, aren't necessarily because you're you're paying for one subscription service. You're not paying mm-hmm. individually. So it's really just about here's what you've watched. Here's what other people have watched. Here's what's new. Here's what I'm categorizing um, by certain genres, which like would not work. Like you can't just categorize that way for games. It'd have to be much more extensive and mm-hmm. it would have to incorporate both user reviews and critic reviews. But ultimately, how you would kind of vet what you want to watch based off of a trailer and reviews, I imagine the same structure would work for games so you would need to read those reviews look at some gameplay trailers or whatever else and make a determination based off of that but especially with like subscription services becoming a thing in games like with game pass or something like that i think it makes sense to create a more robust reliable uh suggestion service because you just you want to be making use of your subscription service in that case
3: yeah, the subscription service is motivated to keep you subscribed forever. So they have to, you know, it's in their best interest to keep showing you things that they think you're gonna like that maybe you wouldn't know about. I mean, the the, the eye opener for me was uh, when last summer when I visited my parents, um, and we logged onto my mom's Netflix, and her Netflix is completely different. Than my Netflix, <laughs> like it was all like romance shows and historical shows and like weird British. There's always British detectives. It's like five thousand yeah. British detective shows. Yeah,
2: you, you looked at her browser history.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and
3: so, like, you know, like, that's because I know what Netflix is. Like, I know what that service offers. But, like, she's living in a parallel universe with a completely (laughs) different Netflix than me. And, like, that's how that service gets, you know, however many subscribers it has. 100 million subscribers is that there's not one Netflix. There's dozens of Netflixes based off, you know, the type of person you are and your demographics. And, like, I don't know about video games. I don't know that they're diverse enough to support that level of like we need to show you know sam a completely separate makeup of games than like you know than tina or justin like video games even when they're super different are still like kind of samey like they all fall into like a handful of archetypes um unlike television and movies i would say which are which are more diverse where like there's certain genres of movie where i don't care how well reviewed it is like i'm just i'm just not i'm not interested whereas like any 10 out of 10 game no matter what it is i'll play
1: yeah, yeah, although like um, I forget what it is, but there's one service because I've been subscribed to all of them for so long. I can't remember which one had the system. But when you first log in and subscribe, uh, they ask you, like, what do you normally like to watch, like comedies or, you know, action movies? And so based on what you're selecting, they'll prioritize things that are labeled in that way. And I can totally see like. You know, if I wrote like I want a funny game or I want a short game or I want um, like we actually did a big list of games to play while we're all stuck in quarantine and we Mm -hmm. labeled it that way. We labeled it in like a very specific use case where it's like I just want a short, quick experience or I want something where I can get lost in it, spend hours so I don't have to really think about anything else. I think you could probably do categories in that way that would suit either someone's personal style or just their mood, like whatever you're in the mood to play at that point.
3: Where these uh where these services really really thrive and Steam, you know, as the reader uh, Jim I think his name was wrote in, um, it uh is in exposing indie games and in smaller games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like if you're really into, you know, shooters on um on Steam, like it's going to expose you to like weirder, smaller, you know, just more unusual games. Like if you like this, play this in your discovery queue and um. And uh, that's that's just invaluable. Like there is not enough shelf space in the world to promote every steam game, and so to like laser target it at people that like they know that they're going to be interested in is such a boon for smaller creators. Yeah,
2: I, I'm, in- I'll re- emphasize again. Like I'm philosophically opposed to having the service making money off of the games recommending you games. I don't think that's that's how you should be picking your games, even if it's good and it does the right thing. The motivation for that is not the same as a you know, an editorial outlet that's saying like, these are fun games because I'm a person that played a bunch of games and I know about them. That's not their motivation. Their motivation is to get you to either keep subscribing to buy more games. There's just a lot of different motivations that they have that are not in your best interest. It doesn't say it won't work. But that's what what it? It. But so they're not,
3: they're they're not, not saying motivation. the game
2: is good. They're just saying here's something you might be interested
3: in and you have to decide for yourself if you want to check it out or
2: not. you could be throwing in something that have another motivation to put in there that has nothing to do with that. And you'll never know that.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if people are a little bit more transparent about what their algorithm is based off of, especially if they're doing a bit of a survey thing right at the front where it's like, what do you normally like to play? Um, And it's creating a system based off of that, like in a similar experience to where your Netflix might look very different from my Netflix. If it works like that, then it's helpful. Um, because even for critics, you know, if you're making a list of like, here are the best action games to play or the best action movies to watch, like we're also doing it for a business purpose. We want to get more readers and more views, which ultimately translates to, you know, more of a, a base of our financial operation. So ultimately, you know, kind of all comes back around to that. But I think as long as people are transparent about what the, effect of that uh suggestion services then it could be really useful especially considering and the reason why i was initially saying like it wouldn't work for games as much is because there's so many games but i suppose there's also lots of indie you know movies as well uh, and lots of things across history across time to catch Mm -hmm. up on so it's it's kind of the same problem there too
2: what i'm saying is the only ethical way to do this is to write damon and ask for our suggestions of games (laughs) to play which is absolutely what we do on this show (laughs) you will tweet them.
0: Yeah, um, and actually we're going to do that in a little bit. Okay. Uh, I, I was just going to say I agree with Sam that um, all these a- algorithms that are supposed to be um, suggesting movies and music for us uh, today, I don't think any of them are any good. Uh, Netflix still doesn't understand the type of movies that I, I want to watch and the TV shows. It's always recommending me stuff I have no interest in. Uh, Spotify is really bad.
2: Are insanely bad. Really insane. Spotify is so Spotify bad.
0: Every, I mean, my release radar... You know, it comes up every Friday. I can go weeks without there being a single song that I that I like wow. on there. So they, it, the Algorithms are not working quite yet. And like the one on in the uh, video game ecosystems are especially bad. Like on PlayStation, if you go to the PlayStation s- store, uh, you're looking for like, you know, games that are uh, hot right now. There's a just for you. So I clicked on that. And I was like, wow, just for me. PlayStation picked some games just for me. Let's see what hey, this is. I'll start oh. with the
2: letter D. Call of
0: Duty Modern Warfare. Well, thank you. The guys at PlayStation really know me. Yeah, so like,
2: you think maybe there could be uh, some reason why that's like maybe slotted manually? That's, I think you're exactly right. They
1: just think you're a hardcore gamer and therefore you would play <laughs> hardcore games like Call of Duty. Yeah,
2: yeah. aren't you, Damon? Aren't you hardcore? Yeah.
1: Why
2: that's don't you not... play Call
1: of Duty? <laughs> exactly. it's, just a, it's just a bully channel. I yeah. have to say, though, Spotify Discover, I find at least like at least like five songs a week based on my Monday
2: perusals. It's it's,
0: it's rare for me. Uh, Okay, this is Duncan from St. Clair Shores, Michigan. Uh, And he says, I just bought a new PC. Yay for me. I was wondering if you guys could suggest any RTS or possibly some great tower defense games, any great PC-only games to get. I'm looking for games that are not on console.
2: What a novel use of an email.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's lucky for yeah. him. We have an we have an algorithm we can plug him into it.
2: Going to pop out
3: some suggestions.
2: Plug, plug this into the JGBS algorithm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, I mean, the, saying PC exclusive is like too much. There's too many yeah. to to do. But like we can narrow it on the RTS and um and uh and tower defense genres. Um, the first thing I would say is that both of those genres are like not dead but they're not like they're not the popular thing anymore right like that's sort of like i still love them personally so please don't take that as a knock like i still still find and play new ones but it does get a little bit challenging um i would say to look at games like northgard on steam um and i'm actually not a total war guy but like total war warhammer um is obviously those games are incredibly popular total war three kingdoms um and then uh the i really like to play um i don't know what you would call them more like town building or simulation games so they don't necessarily have to have a combat end game so i play Mm -hmm. a lot of games like factorio or um or like banished or like anything where you start from nothing and you have one little building and then you're sort of building up a big civilization in real time and sort of like trying to figure out a way to thrive in this harsh environment as is, is, is,
2: game names because we'll eliminate is, those from 20 questions. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, so that, those are, those would be some what places to start. I think Factorio is like the most underrated game of the last decade. That game's incredible. So what, what's the,
0: what's the recent sort of uh town management survival game in this, in, in a frozen wasteland. I think that's North guard. you think of I think, I think frost is in the name. I want to say,
1: Ooh. I can't remember
0: right now. Is I'll, there, I'll look, I'll look it up uh, Wait, in a little bit. Wait, Frostpunk. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you thinking of Frostpunk? Maybe it's Frostpunk. Yeah. Anyway, Sounds cool. Uh, what about Company of Heroes? I haven't played them. I mean, I know they're well liked. I just think they're considered like the uh, the best World War II RTS games of all time. I believe. No
4: StarCraft.
0: Um, oh yeah, well, I mean, there's StarCraft, huh. not World War yeah. II themed. But, but, um, yeah. in Star terms Starcraft, of tower defense know. games. Tower Defense games, I would recommend Kingdom Rush, uh, that whole series, even though some of them are, I think, are available on Xbox or other platforms. Uh, Another really good one is Dungeon Warfare 1 and 2, both really good.
3: Monster Train, uh, Monster Train, Orcs Must Die. Um, I really like this uh, franchise called Gemcraft that's then what i like about gemcraft is that uh it started as like a little flash game on like you know armor games or whatever website now they're making big commercially released you know tower defense games on steam so they're sort of like this holdover from a lost era that's still you know near and dear to me personally
2: all i can think of was how how do you like gem apples
0: Um, Okay, one more email to get through. This is Yasin. He says, long time listener, first time writing in. Love you guys. Before I ask my question, I think you'd be interested to hear this story. I am a primary school teacher in England. In UK, primary schools run from ages 5 to 11. And yesterday, I played some rounds of 20 questions with my class and thought it would be fun for you to hear some of the questions this new generation thought would be good to ask. For some added context, the children I played uh, this with are ages 10 to 11. Old enough to understand the rules of the game. The questions that stuck out to me to me were: Can you build? <laughs> that makes a big sense. one. Yeah. Does course, does too. this most does of the this, games that are popular right now? Does this game have victory dances? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. <laughs> one is this an old game from like five years ago? <laughs> 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 oh no! Is, <laughs> no. <laughs> is it on iPhone? It would ask. Does this game have party chat? Which I thought is uh, a little odd. I think of that as like a, We're gonna a console using That one, yeah, console gaming thing. I like
2: uh, to pay and answer that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is
0: there more than one map? Was a good one. And then the okay. uh, the last last one is: Can you buy packs? Which I guess <laughs> like microtransactions stuff.
1: Yeah, those last two are pretty related too. It, it's it's a fascinating that it's so closely related to the trends. I mean, it makes yeah. complete sense, too.
0: I mean, like, that's
3: that's their frame of reference for video yeah. games, right? The, uh, fact that, the fact that base building is, like, thanks to Fortnite, is, like, the most mainstream thing in video games. And, like, you can draw this direct line from, like, you know, Minecraft to Fortnite to now every PC game. It just makes me so happy. It warms <laughs> my heart. It's, like, my favorite thing to do in a game. And now it's, like, it's broken through to, like, the mainstream in this really, really awesome way. And, like... Now I know that we're going to get a decade of like interesting takes on that. That's just feels very good.
0: Yasin says there were some better questions thrown in after guidance from myself, <laughs> but I thought it was a funny assessment of the types of games the kids are into nowadays and what they perceive to be standard industry-wide game mechanics. The games that popped up frequently were Minecraft, Fortnite, Mario Kart, and Roblox, as well as some mobile games I've never heard of. As for my question, just as some people almost look down on children that only play Minecraft, Fortnite, etc., do you think there were games that we played growing up that meant we were similarly looked down upon? I'm of a similar age to most members of Gamescoop. Did the generation older than us think we were lost souls because of the games we were playing, and that we weren't experiencing gaming for what it truly was and could be? Because that's what I feel people think about children nowadays. I think we, I, I think, I think we all sort of grew up with the, you know, in the first wave, so there wasn't. An older generation to be gatekeeping at us, right? Yeah, we weren't weren't playing the right
3: games. There was no like looking down your nose at like you know Fortnite is considered like uncool if you're still playing it, even though it's still the most popular game on earth. Like, yeah, I don't, I like the first time I remember that sort of coming up was like the gamer that would buy nothing but like Madden and Call of Duty every year. Then it Mm -hmm. was like that was like the eye rolly, like it's too popular to be cool thing. Like yeah. <laughs> the video games are not popular enough for that to be the case that I can recall.
1: More yeah. recent than like anybody's childhood in this room.
3: Yeah, I think so. that
1: being that trend. Yeah. I think, um, it was more about, at least for me personally, especially given my like minimal access to games growing up, uh, and very like regimented, uh, supervised access, um, was like, it was more so, Oh, you didn't play that. That's more, The level of shaming that you'd get like how could Mm -hmm. you possibly have glossed over this masterpiece of the 90s or early 2000s or whatever it may be i think it's more so along those lines but if i had to pick a game that Maybe people didn't look down on, but at a point of time they'd be like, "You're still playing that game?" Is World of Warcraft? Because I played that thing for two years, so that might be too that, long. That
2: was my big example. That's what I wanted to bring up. World of Warcraft? I, I completely, I completely thought people were lame that played World of Warcraft. Hey, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Like I thought it was so lame, and like I, this is I was a kid. Like this is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I just like, you know, I, I was playing Perfect Dark and like shooters and stuff at the time, like <laughs> hardcore stuff, you know, which is funny because I don't like that stuff as much now. But like, boy, yeah, I thought like it was like, it, but but it wasn't World of Warcraft at all. It, it was like Second Life was so lame. And like my parents kept trying to get me to talk about it because it was in like every college classroom, but mm-hmm. nobody actually played it. Like there's stuff like that where I, that was where I was like striking, striking me as like, oh, these are sad little communities of losers. And I don't actually think that way. I really don't. But like that's what I was thinking at the time. And and I remember that. And when I was a kid, I was also a little snob. And I really thought uh Ninja Turtles was stupid and hmm. He-Man and G.I. Joe and Transformers to some extent. And I like really looked down on kids that like those games and those toys and those properties. Just oh, that's man. just what I was that's just that was my thing. We wouldn't have been friends as kids. Aww, well, no, so we would have because you still like Nintendo and Legos and, you know, yeah, there, there's plenty wow. of overlap. I it's just weird about it. Hmm. I thought yeah, they were for right. some reason.
1: Like, yeah, there's, st- there's still sort of that sentiment. Like, there are people, um, not that I'm targeting <laughs> you, Damon, with this, but, like, there are people who think of Animal Crossing as, like, is that even really a game? Like, what yeah. are you actually doing in this experience? And that's sort of the same lines of Second Life where it's more about an experience rather than, like, a really set structured level of gameplay even though technically there is in animal crossing it's just not as apparent or maybe as like normalized i don't know if normalized is the right word there but mm-hmm. i think you guys know what i'm saying
2: well and then my friends that, that played world of warcraft had you know a life where we play mario kart and stuff like that but they would like opt out of that to play eight hours by themselves with you know people online and i was just like I was like, I couldn't believe it. Like I can't believe I couldn't believe like that was the option. And of course I have different context for that now. Of course Mm -hmm. I know that people found community that way and it was a good thing and and all of that. Like I I don't don't subscribe, subscribe to that anymore. But I at the time like thought about it. I was like, dude, come on, man. You're gonna stay home and play World of Warcraft? Like (laughs) we're going to the beach.
1: Listen, there's friends in World of Warcraft too, you know. You spend time together, you help uh, each other get your mounts and all that.
3: The mm-hmm. beach is all sandy and scary. You got to talk to people.
1: Exactly. I hate sand.
3: I just, yeah, it gets everywhere. Uh, I just want to be my, uh, I just want to be my, my dwarf. Mm-hmm. Just hang out in Ironforge. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. You didn't play as a dwarf. Yeah. Well, I, I, have I, many, I many had many,
3: many characters.
0: Yeah. yeah, Sam, I think you had, they had, everyone had many different characters in World of Warcraft.
3: I was yeah. mostly a dwarf. But nobody
2: played as dwarves. I was a dwarf <laughs> and his name was, his name was Bulb. <laughs> Bulb wasn't that like a, right. didn't you have some problem with that name because it was like so short that people targeted it for some reason i used to so the way world of warcraft works is um you can just type
3: whatever name you want into the name generator and then it tells you whether it's taken or not and you don't know until you try so i used to try just i would try like dave john i would just try oh, exactly. thousands of names until i got like lucky with like like i think one of my characters was named stab Just because miraculously like that had never been taken. Yeah. Wow. And that was like that was like a hobby of mine is I would try to squat on like (laughs) (laughs) of like really desirable and there was no shortcut. You just had to try like I would just, you know, go try to think of every single word I could think of.
1: (laughs) People used to sell accounts in World
4: of Warcraft. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Kevin O, and he has provided a normal mode and a hard mode option. I leave it up to you guys. I
2: was feeling well, brave. Give us the hard mode.
0: Okay. Hard mode it is. Let the questioning begin. Is there building in this game?
2: <laughs> no. Ah. Uh... <laughs> That's no, he it, asked, him, "Are there buildings in this game?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> good save, good save.
2: <laughs> he was just saying it in a funny way. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Uh,
4: do you play as a, a human in this game? Um.
1: Sometimes. Oh, RTS game.
4: Oh, sorry, yeah. you we,
0: we we missed that. You know what was that?
1: RTS is it an RTS game, or just a strategy it is game?
0: Not. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Which are you asking?
1: Is it a strategy? Well, is it an RTS game? I'm trying to get to the point of you're controlling multiple characters.
0: It is not an RTS game
2: because we no. could use the is cheat for that, and it'd be really amazing.
3: Does have this, does this game have like a have like a god's eye camera
4: perspective? Uh, like
3: is it's, it like above? Is it above the action, looking
1: down
2: yes, yes, on yes. what's happening? Yes. Cool. Well, we got to something pretty fast that wasn't so fast yeah, yeah. it, it's amazing
1: that yeah that narrows it down
3: but it's not real time so it's like you know it could be term it could be like divinity or something I like think
2: that this, I think this might be like a sprite based early game though that's why it's confusing to think of that god mm. could be is this a is this a party based
3: role-playing game
4: like do you do you
3: do you control a party of adventurers going on an adventure
4: uh, oh no oh no <laughs> what am I done? um
0: well let's just say let's say n- no because it's it's not what, what you're thinking of is not what this game is and that's fine it, it sounds like there's a group of characters and
2: we're co- yeah. a quarter of a way to, to failing this so uh. um, is this a, a uh, is this a pc game
4: uh, is it politically correct <laughs> no this is uh, it for no. a personal computer no.
1: No, it's not a, it's not a PC. Oh mm.
2: yeah.
1: Is it yeah. a primarily a shooter game? No. Oh, I was thinking like twin stick shooter or something.
2: Did this come out on cartridge originally?
4: Yes. Okay. Man, I, okay. I mean, did it come out originally on a Nintendo cartridge? Yes. Maybe that was It'll a be a strategy
1: cartridge. game.
2: Did, did you I, mean, yeah, it could be, yeah. Did, did you mean, I bet it's like Godzilla 2 or something weird for the NES. <laughs> did, did you mean a Nintendo game or did you, did you mean? I meant, I meant Nintendo made, but. Okay. I, yeah. So we don't know if it's on the NES
3: yet. No, I don't think so.
2: Is this on, is this an NES game?
0: No, not an NES game. And that's 10. Uh, and so maybe we need to clarify. I was not, uh I, I didn't think you meant Nintendo made, Justin. You thought I meant NES?
3: No, or you, you said a Nintendo oh. cartridge. Oh. In, like, so a yeah. cartridge on a Nintendo
0: platform. No, I get it. I
3: get it. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. Understood. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It could be like Actraiser, something weird like that. Didn't we just have that?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember. Um, I mean, what I, I need to know what console it's on. So there's only really two other cartridge-based ones, but then there's handheld. So do you want to eliminate handheld or do you want to go with the console? Well, it is hard mode.
4: I don't know what right. that is. <laughs> is, this, is, this hand,
2: is this a handheld game? Yes. Oh my goodness. But then there's DS, 3DS, Advance, Switch.
3: Is this game uh was this game originally released on a console with two
4: screens? Yes. This mm. is insane. It's <laughs> happening. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was this originally released
3: on a console that had 3D? Yes. <laughs> okay,
2: so it's an original 3DS game. It's a 3DS game, yeah, uh, and are, it was um, on 3DS, and it's it's a weird hard game to get, and uh, it's top down. You kind of are god's eye view, uh, not made by Nintendo, it's maybe we don't know that. Um, you you sometimes control a human.
1: Yeah, that's got to mean multiple characters, right?
4: Do
3: you control? Do you control? multiple characters at the same time?
4: No. Okay, so you're just switching between characters.
1: But it's still top-down
4: view. Interesting. You're just switching. You're switching between multiple characters. Do Do you think it's Super Mario 3D World? That's what I was
3: thinking about. That's exactly what I was thinking about. I don't know why that would be hard mode.
4: It'd be 3D Land, though. 3D Land, yeah. Oh, yeah, it
2: wouldn't be. Um, but we don't know if it's a Nintendo. Is this a Nintendo published game? No. That's I, fifteen. I, I also think everyone in
4: 3D land is human. <laughs> it's unclear. It really is. Toad might not be. Ooh, it's weird.
3: <laughs> um So it's not wait, so wait, we just it was not Nintendo made.
2: Yeah, but it's just it's some third part party game on three DS. So of which like, you know. The
4: temptation to use my computer to cheat. Is strong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Chinatown. I'm trying to think what
2: you could possibly. Maybe it's like a Chinatown Wars type game, but that wasn't on 3ds.
3: Yeah, I mean, I did. I owned and liked my 3ds, but I didn't. You know, I didn't get like deep into that library, so I don't. I, I mean, was this game developed by a company in the United States? A developer in the United
4: States? No. Yeah, I don't.
2: I am I can't hardly even remember my 3ds. <clears throat> Could it be a Monster Hunter? Are those all? are those all behind the person, th- third person mode.
4: Yeah. Um. Oh my goodness! It's what so man? hard
2: to think of the 3ds library this way. Was oh? Uh-huh. Did, was this a, uh, uh, did this score highly? Yes. So popular, or not, not necessarily popular, but a critically acclaimed 3DS game that we—it's probably on our top 25 games list.
1: Would it be if it's on hard mode?
4: Yeah, I don't know. Um, we we were doing so well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you guys got a lot of them, a lot of the no. elements. I still uh, feel like there's something within the strategy realm to be explored. I agree. I'm I'm wondering, to,
3: I'm wondering if it's like. I, you know, I don't know, like a Final Fantasy Tactics game. They were both on GBA, but like
4: you know,
2: something like that. What's what would be a question about strategy or <laughs> genre that we could use? I mean, I can't even I can't even think of any of those games on the three DS. That's <laughs> like it's not going to be useful for me. And it's Japanese too, which is weird. Well, not um, American. Oh Probably yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, should we just ask if it has strategy elements to it, or RPG elements, or something like that? When you
3: does this? When you hit or attack things in this game, are there numbers? Do you see numbers
4: popping out? I don't know. I can't answer that. It's not a strategy game. There's no. There's no
3: numbers. Possibly
1: still an RPG, though.
3: Hmm. Yeah. And you, well, you're actually not controlling multiple characters at once.
4: He said you're switching between characters.
2: Mm. Oh. I don't know. This is so yeah.
4: difficult. And, yeah. uh, and
3: we might not know the game, too. What, was there like a Mana game on the 3DS? You're usually switching between characters in those games, aren't you? Right,
2: yeah. Um, does this oh, game it. have... You uh, said it doesn't doesn't know about the numbers, so it's probably not RPG. Was there a Crystal Chronicles on the 3DS? Not
1: that I can recall. But like, are there Power those... Defense, too, because you could control a human and then control a building, technically, or control, like... Yeah, a, a tank I, or a vehicle or something. We can ask
2: if it's a Square Enix game, but I just can't think of what that would be if that was the case. I'm feeling really messed
3: up by. I have a 3ds, and I love my 3ds, and I cannot think of any <laughs> 3ds game besides like Mario 3D Land. Like I know I have. like if I open the, that's in this drawer right <laughs> here. Okay, <laughs> hey,
1: can we phone a console?
2: <clears throat> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna peek in my drawer.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> me a console. Phoning a handhold.
2: Yeah, phoning a drawer. Um, ah. uh, what about? Uh, wh-
4: uh, uh, it, do you, should we yeah. ask like if,
2: if it's sci-fi or fantasy? I mean, I, I've given up. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, it could be a. It could be fire emblem. Yeah, but that's too published. accomplished. We got rid oh. of those. Damn it! I was so happy for a sec. Switching characters is the really confusing thing, and, and you're not
3: always a human either.
2: What about like a what about a Pokemon game? They're not technically made by Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would pull that on us. Although we got screwed on that recently.
4: Again, the um, hard mode.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How I about know, I, don't I don't know. Like, let's just go. It, um, I kind of want to know if it's like who made the game, and if we get really lucky. Yeah. Two questions and a guess. Okay. Is this? Uh. Is I don't even know. I I wish I knew if it was Japanese or not.
1: What's that? Wait, what was your question? If it's Japanese or not?
2: Yeah. It's probably Japanese. Yeah, it probably is Japanese. Um, Does this have uh,
4: realistic graphics? No.
2: See, I think it's like... Oh, man, what if it has pixel art or really cute graphics? We might be able to get that then. Um, Yeah. Is this a spin-off game?
4: Um... Pretty good question. Mm. Like, are you asking, like, is this a spin off of a
0: mainline series? Ah, whoa, that's tough. Kind <laughs> of. I'll say, kind of. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and that brings you to your guess. And I'll give you an incredible hint before your guess. I don't you know. I some- don't know that we've ever mentioned this game a single time on this show. Oh. <laughs> uh, Okay. So throughout everything you know that we've ever talked about on this show, however, it is a game that, given where you work, you probably know the game. What the game is is
1: okay. So not any of (laughs) our types of games.
3: Great. Oh, I mean, we've definitely talked about talked about Box Boy on this show, so
0: it's not that. I could also I could also reveal the game if we're at at that point. Yeah. Uh, who remembers Project Cross Zone? Oh, yeah. On the 3DS. Yeah, if Capcom, a bunch of Capcom the- characters in it. Capcom, uh, Sega, and Bandai Namco characters in a turn-based strategy game.
3: Okay. Wow. They made a... They That was also when I remember the Jump games being popular. That was like a similar thing, jump right? And jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an anime crossover, right?
1: Can we go back to the easy one?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I made, we made a mistake. <laughs> we can do the easy one if you want.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how easy is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously.
4: Much easier than the last one. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Lightning round. Ah. We'll do it. Here we go. Okay. Kevin O. Let the question begin. Is it from after 2000? Yes. Is it, is on, it Switch? on Switch? <laughs> no. We, on know Switch. How, we
1: know how to win. Is it uh, go, ahead. go
4: ahead.
1: Is it an exclusive?
4: No.
3: Is it on current is is it on ps4 or xbox one it's yes
1: such a tricky question these days though anything could be a port or whatever
3: i regret i regret like phrasing it that way
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah was it released on was it originally released on we could probably start changing it to that yeah yeah um is there multiplayer in this game yes
4: that's five was it Mm, developed in the united states no
1: from here on out, I'm going to change the multiplayer question to is multiplayer a primary part of this experience?
3: Yeah. I like that one. It's yeah. so subjective.
1: Um, it, a it, little it, bit.
4: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, did this come out on a disc-based medium? Yes. So not not indie download-y stuff.
1: It's part of a series? Yes. We are.
4: Okay. Great. Yeah. I answered your question, even if you weren't really asking it. It's okay. Did, did it get good scores? Yes. But I'm having a hard time. We still don't know. Was this game on the PlayStation 3 originally? Yes. Okay. That's 10. Okay, so last gen. Soon to did be last last gen. Was it first party or anything? No, but well, it was multiplayer. Or not multi. It was multi-console. Oh, okay.
3: So, multi console game from the PS3 and 360 generation, developed in Japan. It has multiplayer. No, 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 just not developed in the United States. Did the company
2: that makes this uh, have E3 press conferences?
4: Yes. Is the company Ubisoft? (laughs) Yes.
2: Yeah, Damon saved us.
4: Yeah. Yeah. All right. We didn't narrow down. Kind of weird for Ubisoft, right? Is it a Mm -hmm. Tom Clancy game? No.
0: Uh, but that's, but that's a smart question to eliminate stuff from ubisoft
4: i
3: thought for sure it was ghost recon <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that, they don't have a huge amount of games with multiplayer in them no i don't even think the far Cry's have multiplayer do they or do they, they No one, no uh, one play no one's playing them for the, that reason
1: yeah exactly no or they might have they might
3: have had that was not last gen was it or was it that was this gen was it what watchdogs yeah uh
1: Two mm. certainly was. Maybe one
4: was last gen. Yeah, I, I don't can't even, remember I can't.
1: now. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's probably it.
1: Does it have multiplayer elements in it? You already asked that. No, no, no. I'm asking you guys.
4: Does
3: Watch Dogs no. have multiplayer? <laughs> Watch Dogs, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had that weird, like, uh, uh, you know, it had that weird <laughs> thing where you could like hack something, and then someone had to come into your game. It had that thing that Ubisoft. Oh, you know, what it could be, it could be like Assassin's Creed. You know, we're like they had those weird modes. You're like they weren't really multiplayer, but like other people can come into your game right. for a little bit. Really, they have does, a... Just does it have a weird multiplayer mode where someone can like come into your game for a little bit and like fuck around, but it's not like traditional normal multiplayer? Um.
0: <laughs> hmm. <Where's> that
2: what? <laughs> <plot? laughs> Let's see. Does this, does this game was... has... While you're waiting, does this have sci-fi elements? <laughs> no. Okay, it's not Assassin's Creed. It's not
1: Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. Dogs.
2: What the hell? What we We have like the Rabbids games could be Rayman.
4: Oh yeah.
2: Is it a platformer? No.
3: That's fifteen. Oh
4: boy.
3: I mean, they made they made like a Prince of Persia last gen too, and a Splinter Cell. But Splinter Cell is uh, Tom Clancy. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. They made that really gorgeous Prince of Persia game. The game's really underrated. The reboot that nobody liked man and it's part of a series
1: just dance technically has multiplayer yeah so just wait so dance. so that's it's really not
3: fun. it could be just dance you should ask
1: that'd be a weird one though
3: yeah which <laughs> year
1: yeah exactly who the hell remembers <laughs> <laughs> wow that'd be
3: really mean that's
1: so yeah mean. seriously which it's just, just a dance?
2: Well,
3: okay. Well, wait. So it's not Tom Clancy, and it's not Rayman or Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs, since they have sci-fi elements. So, I, 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 I don't know.
4: <laughs> Is this a game in the Prince of Persia series? No.
1: I'm sure there's series that like long-standing series that we're forgetting about.
2: Yeah, there must be. Does UB have licenses that they were making licensed games on? Uh, I, I don't know.
4: Yeah,
2: I don't know. Like all I have is rabbits. Still, it could be rabbits. It could be. Well, yeah, because they're not yeah. platformers. Mm. But that was on Wii primarily. I just don't think. I don't think of the PlayStation Three as a place that would have had that. But maybe with Move controller BS. I don't know.
1: We still don't even know what like type of game it is, right? Genre wise, mm-hmm. except for the multiplayer part.
2: Yeah.
4: Wow, I didn't realize this would be hard mode. Yeah, seriously. Now, do you play as a human? Yes. Not rabbits. Yeah. They made... I mean, they make strategy
3: games. I don't, none of them are on PS3, but like Settlers, games like that, or Anno, those are... You guys
0: they should make, rem, You should remember that you're playing on easy mode. What so does that mean? It should be easy.
4: But it's not. <laughs> There's also a hack you can use. Do, yeah, it's, it's
2: probably Assassin's. Did we mention creator. it already? I don't know why you no, put we... sci-fi elements in it though.
4: Well,
3: but it could be. So uh, maybe, maybe one of the Far Cry's does have some multiplayer mode that was not very popular. Yeah, it's a so. shooter.
1: Far Cry is the one that we haven't really tried yet. Aren't
3: those sci-fi? No. No. They're just weird.
1: Okay. I mean, well, let's Far is... Cry Three. But it's not really known for it. It's
3: probably Far Cry Three. What was the bear's name in the last Far Cry game? Ha- hamburger, hot dog. Yeah. Do you remember Damon?
2: Um. Uh, this I don't remember take, Does this take place on a tropical island? Yes. All right. It's definitely Far Cry? Far Cry. Do you do you mark
3: people's heads and then figure out a way to infiltrate their outpost and take them all out one by one?
1: No. Now you yes. need to know which. Yes.
0: Far Cry. <laughs> is it Far Cry Three? Yes, it is. The twentieth question. There we go. Yeah, I'm sure there's some half baked multiplayer mode that they added. Well, in there.
1: it took us 40 <laughs> questions, but <that> we got to <laughs> answer. You yeah, didn't even look I, it up? I don't uh, think they it, came. The multiplayer part?
0: Yeah, it's like, it's Far um, Cry 3. Yeah, what is multiplayer? the multiplayer mode? Massive entertainment, handle the game's multiplayer. Uh, it's like there's a PvE and a cooperative mode. I don't
2: know. It's, it's hard yeah, yeah. to find the details on
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to start tweaking that question because that definitely yeah. threw and me as like, a or we,
2: I think we offline talked about that too. I think that's like a good idea. Yeah.
1: Got to go fine tune it. Yeah. Grab <clears throat> as many details in there as possible.
2: I don't know if you guys know this, but we have uh, pre-planning uh, meetings quarterly for uh, the best questions to choose. And, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. we, we, we yeah. Reconvene It's been a while, right? It's, I think our,
2: ours is coming up in September. So we'll be there. <laughs> When you just type
3: getting... in Far Cry 3 multiplayer into Google, you get IGN.com with an extensive, extensive multiplayer guide. We have maps yeah. and uh, all there the yeah. different but modes I didn't and loadouts.
1: Write yeah, where were you then, Sam? <laughs> I didn't write
0: it. It's okay. We'll work in our in our post-mort for this episode. We'll workshop where where everything went wrong Okay. So multiplayer. We got it right.
1: Yeah, we yeah. got there in the end with uh, not <laughs> too many questions bad. to spare.
0: <laughs> he had to tell us it was
2: easy. Several
0: so so, so- times. So can Kevin O at you or not, Sam? Uh,
2: the first, yes, he can. Yeah. Okay, okay. all right. You can
1: only ha- at half of us because we got And I got at it added
2: last week. Did you guys, I don't know if he tagged everybody in it. No, no I, don't, I don't think I saw it. Mm. He said, Anyway. He, he sent me his favorite scene from uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones. And I, <laughs> I had to comment on it, which was, which was great. Is his
0: favorite scene, I hate sand.
2: <laughs> no, that's my favorite scene. It was when Anakin gets all chopped up.
0: Um. well that's that's in Re- Revenge of the Sith anyway Oh, sorry. Uh, I,
2: of the Sith. No, I can't remember now
0: anyway thank you for the suggestion Kevin O uh, remember you can always send uh, your suggestions to me at uh, the email address gamescoop at ign.com that is all the scoops that we have for you this week thank you to Justin, Tina and Sam my name is Damon this is IGN Gamescoop and we're out